Hey guys, welcome back to the Resurrecting the Mind, Body, and Soul podcast. We are now on Season 2, Episode 1. Let's get shifty. Yeah, you heard that right. Hope you enjoy. Hello everyone and welcome back to Resurrecting the Mind, Body, and Soul podcast. With Brian and Debbie Godowski. We have made it. We have made it to season two. We have. Hallelujah. Yes. One year in and we are now in episode one of season two. That, yep. Yep. So exciting, bud. Um, and um, we're just committed to making this as you know bigger and better. Yes. We're going to keep trying to improve. Keep diving in. Keep learning. Mm-hmm. Keep sharing. Yep. Yep. That's our motto. Yep. Awesome. Well, I I kind of really love this title of our topic today. I think it's kind of cute. Okay. <laughs> what do Let's you think? Let's get. Let me read it here. Let's get shifty. Yeah. When I first glanced at it, I was like, "Oh, what is she about to say here?" I know. You have to kind of look <laughs> at it twice when it's written down. It's like, "Oh, was that?" Oh, okay. Are we shifty. going that way this season? <laughs> Well, you know, there's a lot of research behind that, but okay, we digress. So, all right, let's just kind of start off with um, a statement that is pretty much what we are all about and what we are trying to learn about and trying to share, and it's the fact that the state of our health and well-being as a nation has pretty much gone to pot. Yeah. And uh, it, it can't keep going this way. It cannot. It can, but that's going to lead down an even bumpier road than it already is. Yeah, pretty scary, pretty sad road. Yeah. For sure. So I think the exciting thing is um, the information that is now forthcoming because I think that we have to be aware of what's happening. But I think that we have to look at it um, in a positive light, what is now uh, being, you know, shown, proven. We have to use that to our advantage. Yeah, you know, the one positive thing is we are starting to get that information that we didn't have before. Yeah, and when you look into this and you start learning from the scientists and the researchers and the doctors that are committed to this movement, um, this these findings have been around for decades. Yeah. But they got a lot of pushback um, because it was totally against a lot of you know the medical training and information. Right. And um, so a lot of these people that were on the forefront of really looking at what causes disease, how to prevent disease, they were blacklisted. Right from their profession and Mm -hmm. so they went through a lot to get us to where we are at today yeah and yeah that's one amazing thing about social media and podcasts is you know all these people that have all this information can share it and you know in the past they didn't have that platform or that way of getting the knowledge that they know to the people that need it Mm -hmm. and now it's everywhere you just got to 
keep your eyes open, your ears open, mm -hmm. and not be stubborn with what you think you know. Right, right. And so basically it's accessible to any ordinary person, to yeah. you and me and, and anybody, you know, that is kind of in our shoes. And right. so it's accessible. Um, and, and I understand that it can be overwhelming, yeah. you know, all of this information, and it's contradictory. Right. A lot of it's contradictory. So the way I try to approach it, and I know you do too, is, is you, you know, you, you kind of learn from experience, but you find people that are proven to be knowledgeable, trustworthy, right. um, that just they're experts in their field and they're not about making profit or selling products they're about making people healthy absolutely yeah there's a lot of people out there that you know will come up with this information but won't back it up in their own life and so mm -hmm. when i hear these people talking or see these people talking but they're not walking the walk i tend to stay away from those people but if I see a person that, you know, can obviously show that they are, you know, walking the walk and, you know, speaking their truth, mm -hmm. then I'm more likely to follow them and trust them. Yeah. I think it's interesting when you listen to a lot of these doctors, especially, they turned, you know, their, from their ways that they had been practicing and trying to help their patients when they too reached a health crisis in their own life right. and they started implementing what they were always trying how they were trying to treat their own patients and they weren't getting results right and a lot of these professionals started looking and saying wait a minute this is not working right and that's how a lot of these new findings have come about some of these new trials um, testing you know all these things and and we get to be the beneficiary of, of those and so it's it's actually really exciting um, so back to our title let's get shifty so what our message is about today is there has to be a shift. Yes, there does. And let's let's just kind of take a look at that and why why this needs to happen. Okay. So when you think about the state of health that our nation is in um, and continues to be in and continues to decline you know, you're looking at 93% of Americans being metabolically unhealthy. Right. We've talked about that a lot, and basically that means hypertension, insulin resistance, fatty liver disease, pre-diabetes, type 2 diabetes, and all of those chronic illnesses are on the rise. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you can step into a Walmart, Kroger, Target, you can immediately see what they're trying to sell us and what they want us to be yeah you know you walk around the store you see all, all these colorful items that are just reaching out to you to say hey buy me i'll make you happy the marketing yeah whereas you know all the stuff that your body really needs isn't really marketed it's just really sitting there waiting for you to come take a yeah. peek and go on with indulge your day. And, and we, you know, we bought into that and um, because we didn't really know 
I don't think we really knew what was happening. I know that when I was raising you and Amanda, we always talk about the blue cabinet. Maybe one day we'll have to do a little screenshot of the blue cabinet. But that used to be filled with, you know, snack food. And I have shared many times the reason that that was filled with snack food because I thought it was it was awesome for your friends to come over and y'all head to the the blue cabinet first thing and they always wanted to come to our house because we had these amazing snacks Uh and so um, you know if I had known then what I know now that would have never happened I've never would have gone down that road right and even me I mean after I, you know, went through college or tried to go through college and started, you know, my career, you know, I thought I knew everything. I thought I was, you know, somewhat healthy, somewhat, you know, above the above average. But, you know, I continued these ways of just fast food and alcohol, everything that's thrown up, thrown at us on a day to day basis. I thought you know that's normal I can I can do this I'll I'll be just fine and you know just like everybody else they were doing the same thing and you know the way I felt back then when I was in my mid-20s late 20s I thought the way I felt was normal but when I look back at it now it's pretty sad to think that was normal based off the way I feel now and the but, and that's because of the decisions that I'm making on a day-to-day basis. Well, it's based on knowledge and education yeah. and then decision and dedication to making the changes. But right. something that you just said that I have to share is I remember um, as Paul, my dad, um, as he was, you know, in his later years, he would say, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. Right. Because he did battle, you know, several chronic illnesses. And I just, that just stands out to me that he used to say that. And I think we all can ask ourselves that, we, you know, or even make that statement. I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're feeling a certain way, but everyone else is feeling that same way in your circle, well, you would think that's quote mm-hmm. unquote normal. Mm-hmm. But until you really can reach a level to where you know, you're doing all the right things on a consistent basis, and then you start to feel so much differently. You're like, ta-da, or yeah, whatever yeah. you want to do. Yeah. This is how I'm supposed to feel. I'm never going back to that other way. And yeah. once you get there, it's, I mean, it just opens up. I think the main word I go to is freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, when you feel a certain way about life and the energy you have, you just experience so much more freedom. I love that. And a friend reached out to me this week. She wanted information about um, intermittent fasting. And so we've been, you know, going back and forth. And I've been sharing some books with her and then, you know, just my experience. And she told me just the other day, she said, I feel amazing, uh-huh. you know, and she's like not even two weeks into it. Right. But you know, she made some major changes. She um, loves sugar, uh-huh. and so she realizes she that's just that's not going to work if if her goal is to be in optimal health. 
and to feel better and her hobby her love her passion is uh, cycling mm -hmm. you know so now that she is changing her diet she has more energy to ride her bike she's going further distance she's lost inches she's just she's just so appreciative and excited That's about amazing. yeah it really is and I just want to go to a word you mentioned there, sugar. You know, when you're first starting this journey or you're interested in this journey, you think, how can I give up sugar? I just love it so much. There's no way I can live without it. But when you go a certain period of time without it and you start experiencing sugar and fruit and all these other natural forms, it really starts tasting as good or better than mm -hmm. that processed sugar that you were previously taken in mm -hmm. and when you start doing that you look at you know brownies and cake and ice cream you're like why would I eat that now mm -hmm. I mean I have all these natural healthy th forms of sugar that make me happy why would I go back the other way so I just want to say that just because I know how it is when you first start and you're so reluctant to give up things once you get to a certain point those things that you're reluctant to give up becomes just a natural thing on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, and everybody, we all need to understand that um, a, being becoming addicted to sugar was a plan. That yeah. was a plan by the food industry. Absolutely. They design food, you know, you know the, the kind of food that you get in boxes and packages. Those are designed by food scientists to reach what is called a bliss point. They do all of this experimenting. We've talked about it several times on the podcast. So they know exactly what they're doing to get us to buy their products. Oh, yeah, just look at McDonald's fries. Why do you think they're so addicting? And you can just go on and on and on eating them. It's because mm -hmm. they have sugar in them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know, I know. So... As my stomach is growling. You know, mine is too, so <laughs> we apologize. Um, we actually like to do our podcasts in a fasted state just because we have a lot more energy and our yeah. thoughts so um, much hopefully more, are clearer. Yeah, so much more um, clarity. Yeah. Although I do tend to jumble things around because my mind is going crazy when I'm fasted. Well, and also, once we get rolling in this, my mind is going in a million directions and all these thoughts, even though we try to make notes to kind of keep us, Yeah, you know, I, think, I don't on, think we've covered one note on this. We, we haven't, <laughs> but um, hopefully what we've talked about so far um, has been helpful. So let's get yeah. back to our notes. So, all right, so where we're at is we're talking about this shift that we're, you know, focusing on today and this shift um, and why we what it is what why we need to make a shift and what do we expect to get from it yeah so one thing that I love reading about over and over again in the, all of this emerging research is that just about every chronic illness chronic disease is traced back to the root cause being um, our lifestyle choices mm -hmm. and our environment right 
Yeah. Every everyone, I mean, there is some genetics that come into play. Yeah. But what they're finding is that yes, genetics come into play, but in a very small percentage. I've heard anywhere from three, uh, from one to three percent. Right. Is and and so just kind of depending on the research that that you're reading, but um, that should give us power. Absolutely. To know that we can change our choices um, and have just these incredible outcomes and better quality of life and 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 not just for us and this is I think this is going to be one of my uh, I'm going to use this platform and and my website to promote teaching kids mm-hmm. about health right and part of that is here have some chicken you know, versus, hey, here's some chicken and that's got protein in it and that's going to give you strong muscles. Right. You know, we do that with, uh-huh. with our kids. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I, I just, I think it's awesome. Yeah. Because when they can, you know, put something towards a reward, yeah. they're much more likely to, you know, take it in and, you know, like it. Because, you know, most kids want muscles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially especially our boys yeah you you just say anything about building your muscles making strong stronger Mm -hmm. muscles in there right there right um so here's some things we'll just we can just run through this list because we've talked about it before we'll continue talking about it so when we talk when we're referring to lifestyle choices the obvious one is what we eat and what we don't eat right okay um, and we can go down a rabbit hole with that, but basically everybody, I mean, nobody can really argue with the fact that it's better to eat whole, healthy food. Organic is even better. Grass-fed right. is even better. Uh-huh. Um, you can't argue against that. Absolutely not. The next one, you want to talk yeah, about the next, the next one on here is activity level and for me and I know we may be dis- disagreeing on this one but for me your activity level is more important than what you're eating and that's not to say once you get everything in line your food is less important than your fitness but at the beginning, I believe in my heart that once you start moving, once you start becoming active, once you start becoming consistent with your exercise, that kind of transforms your diet and nutrition to your benefit. That's just my point of view. Because when you're going from no activity to something, you're going to see results very, very quickly. And you're going to feel those results very, very quickly. And once you start feeling and seeing those results, you can start, you know, figuring out your diet, your nutrition, what can help me with this, what can help me with that, what can get me away from feeling like this. I think it all just starts coming together after you get that activity and that exercise going. What do you think about that? I, I agree with that. I do. And I've experienced that. I want to throw this at you, uh-huh. um, and this is a, a whole new area, so I, I can't really speak too much about it um, right now, mm-hmm. but I think it's something that we'll be exploring. So they're finding that there are some deficits that are causing our body not to absorb 
nutrients right. like it should. Mm -hmm. And one of those is uh, nitric oxide. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole intriguing, just incredible field that we'll be sharing more about. But if your nitric oxide level is deficient, you're not mm -hmm. going to be absorbing zinc, uh, iodine, B right. vitamins, I mean, all those things. So, mm -hmm. yes, food is important and, and, and exercise is important. And those things we are good places to start. Right. But then we have to look at even deeper and we have to look at those nitric oxide levels. You know, what does that mean? Right. What does insulin resistance mean? Yeah. You know, what, you know, all of these things. And, um, Again, I find it very exciting. Yeah, and just to go back to why I believe exercise is priority number one is, as we've spoken about in season one of our podcast, mm -hmm. is uh, <laughs> muscles and bones release chemicals when you're working out to make you feel better. Mm -hmm. And once you, what happens when you start feeling better? You start making better choices. Yeah. And once you start making better choices, all of these things start compounding, and you have this result that you're like, wow, I can keep doing this. I mm -hmm. can keep making these changes. I can keep feeling good. I can do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. Um, another thing on our list is exposure to toxins. Uh -huh. And we've talked a little bit about that, but what I am learning this week is especially about the nitric oxide um, element. One of the killers, one of the key killers to um, nitric oxide and having sufficient levels has to do with our gut microbiome and yeah. the gut microbiome starting in our mouth. Right. And they are now showing, and the doctor I was listening to uh, shared about multiple tests that they've run that mouthwash oh, kills yeah. the good bacteria in our mouth. It might help with the bad breath, but it's also killing good bacteria. Absolutely. Yeah, when I first found out about that, I threw away our kids' mouthwash. Mm hmm said no more you, you've got to have that bacteria in your mouth yeah because it starts there and it goes all the way down it, it's connected to all of your organs it's connected to your including your brain I mean it's all connected as, right. as as we talk about and another thing that this doctor is saying is uh, has to do with fluoride yeah and I, I've heard like dabbles of that that you no know, fluoride this and fluoride that um, but I continue to get fluoride treatments at the dentist, but I think I just had my last one based on his research. Right. Yeah, as you know, I stopped the fluoride, I don't know, maybe two years ago now? Okay. Switched my toothpaste, refused the fluoride at the dentist. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm done with that. We get and, enough of it in our water. Well, exactly. And, and that's what's scary is because we've been taught and have practiced certain ways with all of this stuff and fluoride being one of them. Yeah, and who knows if all these scientists and doctors that came up with these toothpaste and mouthwash, who knows if they knew what it did to our bodies. Mm -hmm. I mean, but it, 
it all goes back to what they're doing. They're treating a symptom. Mm-hmm. And we've got to start getting ahead of that and treating those root causes. That's exactly. That's right. And it's going to take education on our part. It's going to take time, you know, commitment to time. It's going to take a commitment to implement this stuff. Yeah. It just doesn't happen overnight. And, um, you know, when I talk to people about this, you know, again, people say, I don't have time to read and listen, and, and I'm just not really excited about doing it to, you know, they'll yeah, say. It's, it's not really exciting stuff to most people. I mean, I get it. But we're geeks about it. So. Yeah, I'm a nerd. <laughs> so so we'll, we'll share what we, what we find out. Uh, you know, another huge thing, bud, with all this is um, just our stress level. Yeah. They're finding so much about how that impacts our overall health. Absolutely. You know, everything from physical health to mental health to emotional health. Um, it's just, it's, it's crazy. And, you know, so you say, well, don't, you know, don't be stressed. You know, take the stress. <laughs> well, you know, there's things that has to, that have to be done. Yeah, you, you've got to learn some tools to yeah. lower and prevent that stress. Right, and sometimes it means you have to eliminate the stress yeah. from your life. And sometimes that's doable and sometimes it isn't. Right. Yeah, and with that stress, you know, on our, next on our list here is sleep. Mm-hmm. If you're una- unable to really control that stress, it's going to start affecting your sleep. And for me, and I know most people out there that know this stuff, sleep is probably the most important thing for your body. You know, yeah. it has so much to do with recovery, not only physically, but mentally, emotionally. You know, sleep is vital. Yeah, it is. There's incredible research coming out about that, and and just also, um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this as we um, go into this, but um, lack of sleep or quality of sleep is now linked to cognitive decline Uh and um, all kinds of chronic illnesses, which is kind of scary, you know, when you think about it. Um, another thing that is vital to this whole lifestyle piece is community. We have to have a sense of community and a sense of belonging. Yeah. And then that ties in with the the last one we have on our list, which is sense of purpose sense and of, value. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that's very tough to find. It, it took me a long time to find that. You know. When I got married, my purpose was my wife, and when we had kids, my purpose was my kids and my wife, Mm -hmm. and after that, I was kind of lost until I discovered this health journey, Mm -hmm. and now I've, you know, found my purpose and my value, I believe. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, So, just recapping this, you know, there, there are definite signs and symptoms that we're seeing as a nation that something has to change and you know the being metabolically unhealthy and just you know one in two american adults have either pre-diabetes or are full-blown type 2 diabetes that there's a reason for that it didn't used to be that way and you can look back historically to see you know when certain products are have been introduced and it's all tied to 
um, the rise in obesity and, and all of these chronic diseases. It's all tied to when our food products changed. Yeah. And consumption of sugar. Right. You know, I, I know for a fact, or almost a fact, that I was one out of those two people that had pre-diabetes or diabetes, you know, back in my 30s when I first started my real career. You know, I was eating fast food all the time, not working out as much as I should, drinking a lot more than I drink alcohol, that is, a lot more than I should. And just based on off the way I felt looking back on it, my symptoms were diabetic, for sure. There's mm-hmm. no doubt in my mind. And that's, that's scary, because if I would have never have changed that path, you know, who knows where I'd be at right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I feel the same way, because I started you know, testing my blood sugar. Uh, I've I've been doing it for, you know, almost two years now, I think, and um, learning what happens to the body when diabetes sets in, or even before that, insulin resistance. Yeah. You know, that's when it starts. So all of these chronic diseases, including diabetes, including Alzheimer's, including heart disease, it doesn't just say, hey, I'm here in our 50s. It starts in our 20s and our 30s. Oh, yeah. I mean, the symptoms, the hard symptoms don't really start until like 20 years down the road yeah. after you're already on the track. And once you get to that point, it's really hard, if not impossible, to, you know, come out of it. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the good news is that um, a lot of these diseases can be reversed but at, or at least improved on yes. so it can improve your quality of life yeah i'm speaking to the you know alzheimer's you know yeah. once, you get um, the, once you get there it's it's pretty much game over but you know you can definitely make some changes when you're on that path to prevent you know to to prevent going down that road yeah and um this was listed a little bit further down in this conversation but I want to jump in since you brought up Alzheimer's there is a um, a doctor and uh, his name is Dr. Bredesen and he has devoted his life to researching cognitive decline uh-huh. and a huge focus on Alzheimer's and um, it is it is encouraging and what they have found is he is through his research <clears throat> excuse me there is a protocol and there are therapies that can improve or even revo- reverse or sustain um, the level of Alzheimer's right and um, listening to what he does and what he does in his clinic and yeah. the results he's it, it just it's fascinating, and one of the stories he shares is a lady that he started working with in 2011, uh-huh. and um, she has sustained her improvement in dementia, Alzheimer's, um, for you know 11, 11 years. I guess he started working with her in, in 2012. But the takeaway for that whole conversation for me is that he keeps emphasizing this all starts with our lifestyle. Yeah. Alzheimer's starts with our lifestyle choices. 
and they do call Alzheimer's type 3 diabetes now. Yeah. You know, that's, when you really think about it, that's very uplifting in my point of view because, mm -hmm. you know, you look at these movies like The Notebook. Yeah. I know everyone's seen that movie or yeah. most everyone. And they look at, you know, the lady, she ends up getting Alzheimer's and, you know, it, that's scary. Yeah. Nobody, nobody wants to end up like that. No. And, you know, a few years ago, five years, or even closer than that, a couple of years ago, we didn't know Alzheimer's was so preventable. We just thought it was kind of a random thing. But to know that it's actually, actually preventable, yeah, that's very uplifting to me. Yeah, this doctor, um, Bredesen, He's written a book, um, and I'm sure I'll be listening or purchasing that book, but uh -huh. his whole thesis is, and he says Alzheimer's is optional. Yeah. And so probably everyone listening to this, and, and including us, we know someone that's suffering. Absolutely. And you know, you look at, you know, my grandparents, you know, both of them, dealt with it or are de dealing with it now and if I weren't if I and if I didn't know what I know now I'll, I would be looking at them thinking well you know my dad's probably going to end up like that you know I may end up like that that's kind of scary I'm not looking forward to that yeah but to know what we know now it's like okay well we can start taking action now so that will not happen yeah. because that is an option that's right and not only can because you're in your 30s and yeah. so you're in a good place to be making those that shift right you know and what even more importantly is you have control to make that shift in your own kids lives right you know it's not okay to eat some of this no. excuse me it's not <laughs> uh, it's you know, that it's word not you thought, okay. we thought the uh the episode was called, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, <laughs> uh, we digress again. But, um, but you know, on a serious note, it's it's that something has to change. Yes. And and we can we we have a couple of choices. We can throw our hands up in the air and say, you know, I I give up. There's no reversing this. You know, we're a victim. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know where to turn. You know, all those excuses, or we can choose to do nothing and just let it happen. Well, yeah, it's like you, it's like a car. You know, you drive your car for a year or so. You know, you got to get an oil change. You yeah. know, you have to, or what happens? The engine's going to shut down. It's going to yeah. lock up. Well, it's your choice. Do you want that engine to shut down, or do you want to? some time and effort into getting that oil change and you know continue that life of the engine yeah and you know continue driving you know as you're supposed to yeah and maybe you need to stop putting water in your tank and put some real gasoline in there that's yeah. gonna you know, that's gonna <laughs> you, know you can look at it that way too yeah that's not gonna that's not gonna cause your exhaust to spew out some black smoke yeah yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> So I, I think that, you know, those choices that, that we have, um, one of those 
that I hope that everybody can get on board with is that we can educate ourselves and we can learn and we can share and yeah. we can turn this thing around. Yeah, absolutely. But what it, it's going to be a big fight because you know the people that were, you know that this movement is going to be up against is big pharma, big food. You know, yeah. it's all those things, and they're going to be telling us something is healthy. And we know, once you educate yourself, you know that is a lie. That is a ball face lie. Oh yeah, there's no doubt. You, you walk into these stores and you see low fat or low sugar, or no sugar added, or quote unquote healthy, and you think, oh, this is great for me. Let's get this for me and my kids. And my kids, yeah. And Honestly, I would do the same if I didn't know what I know now. Well, as I said earlier, I did it. Yeah. I did it. Um, so we're kind of not only faced with, all right, what are we going to do? Yeah. Um, but here's some hard questions. We need to ask ourselves if we knew for a fact that making certain choices and avoiding certain toxins that we can in our environment if that would keep me from getting Alzheimer's or diabetes or heart disease how on board would we be to making those decisions and not only just agreeing but making it a part of your life yeah walk the walk yeah yeah and then again if 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 not for yourself then for your kids your nieces, your nephews, your grandkids. Yeah. It's not just about, you know, the individual anymore. Right. Um, so, excuse me while I turn the page, sorry. <laughs> um, so, we're up against our time. Yeah. But I think in making this shift, there's some things that we need to understand. Right. And one, this is something, once I read this, I... I see things differently now. Our bodies want to be healthy. Absolutely, yeah. I never looked at it that way. Yeah, all this inflammation you see is your body's response trying to do something good for the body. Yeah, the body has to adjust. Everything that we put in the body, everything that we are exposed to, this complex, beautiful machine that we have is trying to adjust, yeah. trying to adapt. It makes you tired because it needs some sleep to recover from exactly what, from what's going on exactly. inside the body. And you know, talking about inflammation, you know, there is good inflammation. We cut ourselves. There's some inflammation around that wound, and that's how the the body sends you know what it needs to heal that. Right. But then, when you have ongoing chronic inflammation, that's what you what leads to these chronic illnesses. Yeah. Um, so just knowing the body wants to be healthy, it's making adjustments because it is a beautiful, complex, you know, machine that God has created. Uh -huh. And everything we put in our body, our body has to do something with that, yeah. whether it's good or bad or right. in between. No doubt about it. And, and another thing that I think we all need to understand is what we talked about. Chronic disease starts in our early years. Yeah, for sure. And the symptoms show up there. And back to Alzheimer's, um, this doctor I was listening to, he, he said that in his um, practice, they used to see Alzheimer's patients come in, and they were in their 60s, 70s, 
you know, uh, are older, now people in their 50s are coming in with Alzheimer's and dementia. Yeah, I saw that too, mid-50s. Yeah, it's just, that is unacceptable. No, it's... And it's reversible. It is, we can change this. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. So, but we are kind of up against the clock here. There's yeah. more we have on here, but maybe we make this into another episode, just yeah, kind of absolutely. building on this. But um, if you had one thing to tell um, our peeps today, what would you leave them with? I would say, you know, if you're not willing to make the change for yourself, who are you willing to make the change for? You know, a lot of these things come down to how much do you really love yourself? Well, if that's not enough, well, how much do you love your daughter, your wife, your son, your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad? How much do you love them? Can you do it for them? Mm-hmm. Can you set an example for them? You know, yeah. Yeah, really ask yourself that. Right, yeah. Yeah, I think it's just asking ourselves, are we willing to be leaders in this yeah. movement? And I call, keep calling it movement. It's basically a movement of taking back our health. Yeah. It's a movement of... Um, taking back your freedom. Taking back your freedom. It's, it's, it's saying no to the lies. Yeah, you don't want to be stuck calling your doctor every other week because of another symptom, because of the choices you made. Yeah. You know, make the changes, take responsibility for your life, for your body, for everything, and have some freedom. Yeah, and, and once your body gets healthier, your immune system improves, everything improves. So should you come down with something, should you become ill, your chances of bouncing back oh, yeah. are far greater. Absolutely, with, yeah. With less repercussions. Yeah, you can take all these natural remedies and allow your body to heal itself without having to even call the doctor. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's truly amazing what yeah. your body can do. Yeah, it really is. And learning about that has just been so enlightening for me and, and just just so encouraging. And yeah. I'm so thankful. I am as well. Yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah. Okay, bud. All right. Well, cheers to Season 2, Episode 1 is in the books. Y'all yeah. have a great day. Yeah. Love you guys. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for joining us for that first episode of Season 2. Let me ask you this. Are you ready to make that shift? We'll see you next week.